Vadim of the Mentors Podcast, and I'm back with you today, or I should say I'm with you today, in place of Sergey, with another five-minute pick-me-up, where we tell real stories uh, of entrepreneurs that we meet to get us motivated for the week. Today's story is about an entrepreneur I actually met in an Uber, so I'm going to dub the episode the Uber Driver Entrepreneur. Uh, now, before you uh, start making assumptions about what this person does for a living, I was actually incredibly impressed by his story, and uh, I even grabbed his email so that I can follow up with him later in the year to see how much his business has grown uh, so that we could potentially have him live on the podcast. But for now, you'll have to do with my sexy voice. So the drive started off just like any other Uber drive that I've had before. The guy was incredibly nice right off the bat when he picked me up, uh, and we actually started talking about how apparently LaGuardia is one of the most dangerous airports in the world because it only has two runways that are active at all times uh, with planes taking off and landing every 30 seconds. And I actually noticed that when we landed today, right as we were taxiing toward our gate, there was a plane that whizzed right in front of us. And it was such a turbulent flight that I actually completely ignored this. Uh, But he was telling me all his knowledge of the local airports. Apparently JFK is incredibly safe because they have 12 runways, four of them are heated, and he completely changed my mind about uh, the decisions I'm gonna make in the future in terms of which airport I'm gonna fly out of. So uh, I started asking, you know, how do you know about so much uh, about these airports? Uh, And he started telling me that he used to fly a lot for his job. Turns out, He is an IT business consultant, an IT consultant, and he finally now has one major client in New York City. Uh, And the reason why he did this is sort of how he decided to design his life. So he was flying all over the country when he was younger, and eventually he got to a point where he just wanted to spend more time with his family, so he hired people, uh, basically project managers, that he outsourced some of his sort of day-to-day responsibilities to. He decided to say no to a bunch of the clients if the work happened to be so far away that he would have to fly there, and basically kept on one client here in New York City. That freed up some time, and he started thinking about new business opportunities uh, and, and wanted to start a new business. Because he was traveling so much for work, he uh, was meeting Uber drivers all the time. And he started doing customer discovery with these Uber drivers. He was basically uh, hearing them complain day in and day out about the work environment, about the fact that uh, because of uh, how competitive Uber and Lyft and Juno and, and the black car services and all of these car sharing and car services in New York City are, it was really eating into people's profits and you know people didn't like to have to own buy a car maintain the car pay insurance only to have to compete for sort of dollars and cents and so he identified an opportunity an opportunity to essentially provide a service for these uber drivers where they wouldn't have to own their cars now mind you at this time when i was talking to him he owns a fleet of 12 cars so what did he do though what were the first steps that he did before kind of continuing and moving forward with doing this business well first of all he uh, continued sort of talking to more and more uber drivers finding out what their pain points were Uh, the next thing that he did is he actually went to some leasing offices to uh, look at what contracts these uber drivers had to sign when they leased a car from somebody else. And so he studied this con- these contracts in and out and basically found out why it was so painful. Uh, they were committing to buying these cars, they kind of had all of that liability, and he realized he could probably improve this in some way. And so he ended up buying one car and he already had customers lined up because like I said, he was talking to people all the time through word of mouth, he ended up getting customers and people that said, oh, well, if you can pay for the insurance, if you can worry about the maintenance, 
we'll grab that car for, from you uh, gladly and pay you a flat monthly fee. And that's exactly what he ended up doing. So he ended up essentially starting a business where he buys the cars, he rents them out to people uh, that then run their own businesses driving Ubers or black car services or whatever they want. They pay him a monthly fee. Those cars last about three years, after which they kind of disintegrate because after three years, uh, if you're driving every single day, you put about three, 400,000 miles on these cars. Uh, but the way that he's thinking about it is, okay, after three years, he'll just uh, get rid of the car, junk it, write it off, and buy a new fleet of cars. And this is exactly what he did to realize this business, to, to sort of create this other income stream for him. He, again, had some security, right? He's had this one major client in New York City. He knew he wanted to create a life for himself where he didn't want to travel more. He identified an opportunity by talking to people. He did sort of secret shopping. He did the work that other people don't want to do by going to the leasing offices, studying the contracts, you know, pretending that he wanted to be an Uber driver himself and basically created a service this way. We had a discussion the whole ride back. It was about a 35-minute ride back to, to my apartment. And as I was talking to him, I, I told him what I do, and I told him that I love his story because this is exactly what a true entrepreneur does. You know, They make moves, and they capitalize on opportunities that other people simply don't want to capitalize on. And so basically right now he's done uh, buying cars in New York City because uh, he's waiting to see that actually New York City stopped issuing licenses for drivers because there's just so much uh, supply and not enough demand. And so he does have a goal where he wants to buy a fleet of 10 more cars before the end of the year where he'll be at 22 cars. But he's considering whether he should expand in New York City or go to another state where you don't even have to have a TLC license. That's a, a tax taxi limo and see, I forget what that stands for, but I basically enough to have a license and uh, it's a little bit more free that way. So consider this, you know, you can create your own life. You can make decisions for yourself as to how you want to build your life, but you have to do the hard work. You have to be willing to go out there and do the research. And you do have to be opportunistic. You have to try to find opportunities where uh, other people don't see opportunities and then do the research you know, talk to customers and then ask them the hard question. Will you pay me for this service? Is this enough value for you? And that's exactly what he did. And he told me that now he's actually making more money than, than he thought he would through this business. And eventually, if it does well, he might leave his consulting uh, job altogether and just focus on this full time. So a five minute pick me up, a story of a Uber driver that actually has a fleet of 12 cars that he manages. And the last question I asked him is, well, why are you driving an Uber right now? Is it just to supplement your income? And he said, oh, no, not at all. You actually don't make that much money doing this. Uh, I feel like I have to understand the business in order to understand the business. I have to work in it day in and day out. That's the only way I'm going to be successful. So there you have it. Do the hard work and success ultimately will come and uh, you can control your own destiny. This is The Mentors. This is Vadim. Have a fantastic week.